podcast is brought to you by Inside and get yourself something cool to drink. Condensing me, man. Fucking kill you, man. Man, fuck that shit. I ain't finna shoot nobody. Oh, you know I can't let you go without tapping that ass. How you like the sound of them bells, bitch? They real pretty, ain't they? God damn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. What's special? Take you in the back and suck your dick. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Welcome all you QT faithful to the latest edition of Tarantino Speculation, the quarterly news and information series here on the Church of Tarantino podcast where we ruminate, hypothesize, and speculate on all the latest developments in the Tarantinoverse. I'm your host, the Reverend Scott Kay, and it is my pleasure to welcome to our fall episode, Mr. Frank Hannon, co-host of the Bachata Talk podcast. Welcome to the speculation, Mr. Hannon, and may Tarantino be with you always. And also with you. Good to be back. This just happens to be a, a lucky uh, roll the dice for you. As yeah, I put man. out there, who would like to be on this uh, this quarters, this the, our fall episode for the Tarantino Speculation? You were one of the first to raise your hand. You wanted to talk about some of this new information. The irony of it is, or maybe not the irony, that's not a really good term, the uh, fortuitousness of it is you've already recorded an episode that will follow this in the same week. It's a Frank Hannon week <laughs> on the Church of Tarantino, as you are a part of my hymnal devotional for Django Unchained, which will be on Friday. So, just a twofer. It's a double bill of Frank <laughs> Hannon. So, welcome to the speculation. And to get us kicked off, since I've been trying to ask this of anyone who comes on, every, I try to have someone new every time we do one of these. So, I like to ask them this if they haven't been asked this. So, we're going to go back to how this all started, which was back in March. It's a very tenuous thing for me. But back in March, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tarantino... <laughs> Took a 180-degree turn and changed his mind and suddenly said that he was going to be shooting his 10th and final film entitled The Movie Critic this year. However, obviously, due to writer strike and obviously due to the actor's strike, that most likely will not happen until next year. So, what was your initial reaction when you heard the announcement back in March, now six, seven months ago? And then my follow-up to that would be, how do you feel about the name The Movie Critic? Initial reaction, new phone. Who it is? <laughs> no, no. I remember also listening to to the. I, I gotta say for all the listeners, like the speculation when when you started doing the speculation episodes, I fucking loved it right away. Loved it right away because I was like, holy shit, this is this is something that I don't even know what to expect. Even though I learned something new in all your concept episodes, you know, it's just about every movie, the influences season. I was like, holy shit, the speculation, that shit is fun. Because mm-hmm. hearing you guys, I, I feel like, because a podcast is a conversation, it's like I find myself talking back. Like, I'm like <laughs> fuck, they can't fucking hear me, man. You know? <laughs> but I do, I do. So my initial reaction was like, just I'm going to say disappointment because I was looking forward to the TV show, which, uh, you know, somebody, <laughs> somebody that I freaking trust. <laughs> Someone on this podcast yeah. who may or may not, may yeah, or may not yeah. have an, an opinion on Announced that. Announced <laughs> it with fucking proof and timestamps. Announced it. Receipts. Yeah, you know? motherfucking <laughs> receipts. Yes, yeah. 
So I was disappointed. Maybe looking back at it now, I was disappointed because, again, something that you said more than once is, why announce it? Just don't announce that it's the final film. Just do it when it comes out. You should have never said that you were going to have a, a last one. And I agree with you. I didn't even know that I would agree with you. But it's just looking back, I'm like, damn, yeah. If he would have done it and then said it, then it was like, wow, that was fucking amazing. But now it's like this fucking anxiety that I get as a fan. So my looking back, I feel like the TV show kind of was like holding off the last film for another few years. If I was thinking, it might happen in five, I was thinking, damn, maybe 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was my uh, original reaction was disappointment. Like, like damn, you know, I kind of was looking forward to the TV show. Not to mention also because I want a, a Tarantino TV show. I want him to do fucking 10 hours of something. Yeah. You know? When it's always like, we got to cut this, we got to cut this. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. 10 hours, he gets to do more, more characters, more development, more, uh, less chance of deleted scenes. Of course, it's going to be deleted shit. They're always there. Yeah. But, um, and then as far as the title, I was like, yeah, that's a fucking lie. This ain't it. Because it didn't <laughs> sound like a Tarantino title right away. It just didn't sound like him. I know. You know? So, because it didn't sound like a, 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 for me, his titles have always been different. I mean, the most normal title would be what? Jackie Brown? And that yeah, was probably yeah. because it was an adaptation. Yeah. Like, I yeah, feel like if yeah, he had come up with his own, if he had, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't name it Rum Punch because he had, he adapted it and changed the name. You know, like even Rum Punch would be more Tarantino than Jackie Brown looking back, <laughs> you know, because Pulp Fiction, what the fuck is that, you know? So, yes, um, the Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's me looking back, thinking about that. So, yeah, my reaction to the title was also that, like, oh, yeah, this is not it. Uh, the Reverend was right. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that's that's really how I felt about it. I, I, I thought it wasn't true. Well, you know how I feel about it. But kind of touching on your point about him waiting or not announcing anything, the great thing about that would be, is that it would just suddenly drop on us, and it'd probably be a shock to all of us. We'd be like, what the fuck, what? But it takes all the pressure off of him, right? It just, all of a sudden, it's done. We don't know it's coming now, but now that we know yeah. it's coming, and it's going to be the last one, supposedly, because you've announced it's your last one, you're, you're held to a standard, right? And now it's like, we are going to look at this as like, okay, let's see what you got. You know, you're going to give a lot of fuel to the haters to be like, nah, he's yes. right, he's lost his touch kind of thing. Yes. Also, now that you say it's your last one, in case it's not, in case you get the bug again, now you sound like a fucking Thank idiot. You. Thank you. You know? Yeah. So now you put yourself in a corner. You've put yourself in a corner that no Mexican standoff can help you out of because you are now in the corner. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, that's the disappointing thing. And probably even more so is, like I said, you know, I announced it almost a year ago that, you know, he announced the TV show and then all of a sudden did that quick right hand turn and changed it. His prerogative. But the fact that no one's ever held his feet to the fire, asked him what happened to the TV show. Is this just the TV show turned into a movie, which is exactly what yeah, I think it is. Day, I have right? no doubt like, in my nobody's... mind. Yep. Nope. No one. No one has had the stones to ask him what happened to the TV show. So, again, I, my last guest, Ian, when he was on three months ago, he, you know, he talked about it. You know, sometimes these journalists don't have the, the backbone to do it because they're afraid they'll never get into FaceTime with them again. So they just give softball questions so they can get another chance later. Well... I don't Speculation know. Question That's why we're speculating. You, yeah, friend. so we're going to ask the questions that he won't answer. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. But a, a quick one for yeah. you. Do you think it's possible that maybe somebody wanted to ask and he shut it down? I have speculated. 
no pun intended. I have speculated <laughs> on that as well. That maybe someone did ask and it just got, you know, it, whether it was a video or whether it was edited an out. article, they just edited it out and they, yeah, they moved on past it. So, I mean, that's a chance. But again, why? If that is the case, what's his, his holdup in being able to have his feet held to the fire and then answer a question? If you don't want people to ask you a question, don't announce yeah. it. Don't announce said, it. You, you said that he's going to look like an idiot if he says it's his 10th and that he wants to do an 11. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it would seem that Tarantino, based on everything he's fucking promised and never done, <laughs> that he would be the one guy that wouldn't care if he changed his mind after 10. True. Right? Yes. It, it, it logically, or, or at least looking at the evidence. You know, if you look at some of his interviews, he has somewhat left the door open that 10 won't be the final one. But because, but because <laughs> 10 feels like a solid, good number, yeah. my feeling would be if somehow this he makes this and it's such an enjoyable experience that he does something else, goes on again, he would go to 12. I feel like he, he wants whole numbers. So if it's not mm. 10, he then will pigeon. I feel he's going to pigeonhole himself into 12 or two more. But who knows? Again, like I said, man can do whatever he wants. It's his prerogative, but people need to ask him questions. But since yeah. they won't ask him questions, we're here to speculate on the shit that they don't <laughs> seem to have the balls to maybe talk about. He'll be like, I'm going to do 12. When my kid turns 12, number 12 is going to come out. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, he's, he's a young dad. And again, eventually they're going to go to school. And sometimes he's going to get that, like, stir craziness of like, Ugh, you know. I'm sure maybe some of this... Maybe maybe it's a, a good thing that there's the strike. Maybe it's a bad thing. We'll find out. We'll find out if that has helped him be like because he had to, he's had to sit on his hands now. He's forced. He would already be filming. They would already be filming. I'm not writing anymore. He can do whatever he wants because <laughs> he technically is not in the WGA. He re, he did not join due to natural born killers. The problems he had with natural born killers and them changing, oh, he did not join. Shit. So he has the right to write anything he wants. And he's already got a, you know, I mean, he, what's he had to write? He, he took the TV show and just trimmed it down. <laughs> Let's not pretend. Let's not bullshit one another. This is what it is. This is the TV show that's now a movie. So, so be it. That's what we got. But obviously, he can't move forward with the actors all on strike. So that's forced him to now move to next year. So if he was looking to film in a fall time frame, then he's going to wait another year or he's going to pick it up in the summer or spring, depending, you know, depending on what he's going to go. But we won't see it till probably 2025. I'm assuming the summer or Christmas time of 2025 is when we will actually probably see this film. So that's what it is. Let's go to work. It's a great segue, kind of, because we're going to start our discussion for this fall season as we have both Halloween and Thanksgiving coming up right around the corner. So we're going to start our speculation with some Tarantinoverse adjacent news about a film that is coming out very soon from Tarantino friend and collaborator, Mr. Eli Roth. He has a new horror movie coming out this November, aptly named Thanksgiving. Based on the spoof trailer he made 16 years ago as a part of Quentin and Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse Double Bill. It was one of five trailers featured between the two films. And in my personal opinion, the best of the bunch. The others being Machete, Werewolf Women of the SS, Don't, and Hobo with a Shotgun. That one was in select theaters. So it wasn't in with all of them. So some people may not have known that was in, but in select theaters, they got Hobo with a Shotgun added in. So... With its upcoming release, it will join the ranks of Machete and Hobo with a Shotgun as a real feature-length film. However, it does appear as if Mr. Tarantino himself has actually no involvement with the project. So my question for you, Mr. Hannon, to start with, are you excited for the release of this film? And which of those trailers was your personal favorite from Grindhouse? Okay, um, 
I didn't know about this. Uh, this is my confession to the Reverend. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, but, we're, take, um, we're taking midnight confessions. <laughs> but I, but uh, I did to repent. I fucking watched the motherfucking <laughs> trailer. <laughs> so um, I gotta say that I'm excited that just another trailer from Grindhouse is becoming a film mm-hmm. because that alone i remember watching it at the theater it was so much fun yep. it was so much fun to fake trailers and i would say that uh i i thought the one with the tire was a fake trailer in, in grindhouse no, I, know but I, don't know no. it, I don't know if that's a mandela you're thinking of don't yes don't yeah, will never that... see the light of day as um as the director of it mr wright has said that everything all everything he had for that trailer or for that film was in the trailer. Like he, it was just he made he wrote enough but, of oh, funny stupid things for the trailer. Yeah, he was like, I have nothing. I could not turn it into a film. He goes, everything okay. I had planned. No, no, I was, was thinking there, yeah. that it was a Mandela effect. That it wasn't a fake trailer. It was. It was for the Grindhouse, right? There is a tire movie out there. I think I know what you're talking about. I forget the name of it, but there is a movie about a killer tire that was not in Grindhouse. So that may have been. You may just be confusing the two in there. No, no, no. I'm talking about that. I thought there was a trailer with a tire on Grindhouse. Oh, I. So I don't, probably, I don't think it is. Is. That's probably yeah. why my my Mandela effect you was because it was because it was so like I was like you know, but my my favorite trailer was also um, the Thanksgiving one because yes. uh, I loved the 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 feel of it yeah right the voiceover it actually uh-huh. made me uh, it made me think of you watching it again because I rewatched it but back then I liked uh, I just liked the the whole like. Da-da-da. You know, like the, yeah. the, the voice. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I love the feel of it. The color is like a little. This Thanksgiving. Yeah. I was yeah. like, man, this is, this is good, man. Like, I, I loved all the fake trailers, man. So, that, yeah, that was that was my, my, my favorite trailer for it. But uh, as far as being excited, the only thing that I'm glad is that Rick Hoffman gets to be in it. Because um, somebody recommended me to Suits. It's not my type of show, mm-hmm. but I ended up watching it. And Rick Hoffman, for me, was the best mm-hmm. thing in that show. His acting. Mm-hmm. His way good. of showing. Yeah, he the way he showed vulnerability and 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 anger because yep. you could tell just a guy that wanted approval. Yep, that's all he wanted. So uh, I'm glad for him. I hope yeah. this does well because for him, I, I'm hoping it does well. The only thing that looks a little disappointing is that the original detective from the trailer of 16 years ago was actor Michael Bean, who, those of you who don't know, he is the father of the Terminator hunting uh, John from Terminator. He was in Terminator. What? He's in Aliens. He's in um, The Rock. He's in a bunch of movies. He was the original cop in that trailer from 16 years ago, but it looks like Mr. McDreamy there yeah, is yeah. who we're going to get. But again, you know, it is what it is. Maybe Michael Bean couldn't do it. Maybe Michael Bean's a little too old for it now. I don't know. I am hoping, though. <laughs> and this is how sick I am. And I, I admit to it. I admit to it. I don't care. You're, you're sick. I am hoping. Because in that trailer, the original trailer that obviously was changed for the movie that they got came out. But that original trailer had the killer. <laughs> F- <laughs> fucking a human turkey of the grandma, I think. And I don't know why, but <laughs> I want that in the fucking film. And I will be disappointed if it's not, or if at least, if they can't do it for release, it's in a special edition director's yeah, like cut. It. it needs to be a part of it. I'm really hoping it really sticks to the grindhouse yeah. horror movies of the 80s where, like, this killer is just fucking people up. And I'm hoping it's good enough that we got, like, a Thanksgiving 2 or something like that. You know what I mean? Hey, I have a question. Uh, I yeah. was thinking about this. Do you think... Would you have liked if they would have done a trailer that looked or at least sounded like the the like the Grindhouse one? Or do you think it just wouldn't have worked for them and that's why they opted against it? You know, 
I think they opted out against it because, unfortunately, I don't think the modern public really remembers Grindhouse anymore. Yeah. It would be too niche. It would, I mean, it would hit the people who enjoyed it as it was. Yeah. But, you know, some people don't even don't even know the joke. Like, there are going to be people who go to see this movie who have no fucking idea about Grindhouse. That this was actually was a fake trailer from 16 years ago in a double bill with Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino. Yeah. Like, they have no fucking yeah. clue. But hopefully yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll spark some people to go back and see them. I would love to see if they throw some of those old trailers ahead of it. Like, wouldn't it be fun to just like you go in there oh, and wow. they just yes. kind of re-put some of them back in. That'd be fantastic. But yeah, who knows? That would be fun. But speaking of that, have you seen Machete? I'm sorry, Machete. Have you seen Machete, Machete. and or Hobo with a Shotgun, the actual movie? No, I didn't. Neither I didn't. of them, huh? Okay. None of them. I know that they came out. Yep. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm happy for you, but I didn't watch it. Like, I was just... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not somebody like I have friends that if they don't like something, they're like, "Man, fuck that shit." I, I it could be like even if it's something that I don't like or I'm not into, I still wanted to do well. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was glad that it came out, but I'll be a hundred percent honest, I didn't watch it. But I was like, "Holy shit!" A fucking trailer, <laughs> big trailer from Grindhouse is getting me into a movie. Let's go! <laughs> yeah, that first. I mean, Machete obviously was the first one. Yeah, and yeah. I really, I'll be honest, with you, I really enjoyed it. It was, and I oh, even saw the sequel. So nice. Machete was good, and then Machete Kills came out like three years later. Both of them were, were decent. I mean, they were total Grindhouse movies, total B-movies. Rodriguez did an amazing job with them, like, fantastic. There is rumored, and Danny Trejo really wants it, but there's supposed to be a third called Machete in Space. I don't care why it's in oh space. God. Exactly. The excitement you just saw with not even seeing this movie is just the excitement I have, too, for Machete oh in God. Space. I don't. Danny Trejo in Space, whatever. I, I'm all for it. Let's have it happen. I did see recently this past winter, maybe December time frame or January, I can't remember, I did watch Hobo with a Shotgun yeah. with Rucker Hauer as the hobo with the shotgun. I give them credit. It's definitely a B-movie, grindhouse type of film. Just, I don't know. It... <sighs> It's more of that USA up all night type of film, which I, which you know, which I, you know, if you listen to my uh, dropping a Bruce podcast, is what we're kind of clamoring for. Some of these Bruce Willis films mm. would, would have been, um, yeah. but when in comparison to Machete, just yeah, it doesn't hold the water. So, so, but again, you know, check them both out. Uh, uh, Machete's definitely fun. Hobo the Shotgun worth at least one watch. But I am super fucking stoked for Thanksgiving, and I'm hoping nice. for the killer to turkey fuck the grandma <laughs> turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, back in 2021, for the record, an L.A.-based theater production company that specializes in rock musicals launched a show called Tarantino Live. The show was created by Anderson Davis and Susie Maida, and it mixes famous scenes from all of QT's films, along with his famous needle drops, into a rollicking, bloody fun musical experience. Now, this past summer, it was revamped to include Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and retitled Tarantino Live, Fox Force 5, and The Tyranny of Evil Men. That's a badass title. Yeah. It debuted this past July in London, and due to its success, there are now plans in place for a U.S. tour in 2024. Wow. Now, I will admit, before I ask you some questions, I had no fucking clue that this was a thing. And when I heard about it coming out, and it was after I did my last episode, I was like, I, we got to discuss this. And I've looked into it. I've watched a few of the things you can find on YouTube. And I'm really excited about the possibility of it coming here to the States next year. Now, Mr. Hannon, had you ever heard of this show prior to me telling you we were going to talk about it on this episode? The answer is no, Scott. 
How about no? I, <laughs> Freaking yeah. lasers. So, <laughs> yeah. So I looked it up, and uh, you know, a good reverend, a good reverend admits his his sins as well. So yes, thank you. Yes, I uh, did not know, and but one, it not only intrigued my interest, it also kind of made me a little upset that I didn't fucking know about this. Yes, that's how I felt because the church started in 2022. I should have known about this prior to this happening, but I admit, folks, dropped the ball. Didn't know. Tarantino himself has seen it, and if you actually, there's a picture of him at the one in L.A. And oh, I believe shit. he's sitting next to Tracy from Death Proof and Mr. Willis's daughter, I think Rumor, and uh, what's his ex-wife? Um, oh, Demi Moore? Yeah. And, and Demi Moore seemed to be sitting in the booth next to him at this show of Tarantino Live that he went to see his own stuff. So I myself am extremely intrigued about this. It kind of looks kind of fun, kind of cool. But, you know, like, as a Tarantino fan, I have to go. So that's my other question. If and when it comes to your area next year, will you be laying down your hard-earned cash to see this? I want to because when I was reading about it, they they also mix the dialogue. I'm like, how the fuck? Wait, I want to get into this. I think that as a Tarantino fan... I see it impossible for me not to enjoy right? it, honestly. Mm-hmm. From what I understand is they've taken five girls into Fox Force 5, so they kind of start off with Mia Wallace as one of them, Jackie Brown's in it. Uh, I think they, they put a couple of girls as a Fox Force 5, and then they're after these people of the tyranny of evil men, so we get our villains and stuff from the show. So wow. I don't know a whole lot more. I don't want to know a whole lot more than that. I, you know what I, I, mean? I, I really want to wait and just wait for them to say it's coming to town, and I, I definitely want to go see look, it. I didn't want to look it up either when I saw I know. that they mm-hmm. made stuff on... I was like, damn, I wonder what it, how it really is. Mm, yeah. That's nice, but yeah. I've heard nothing but good reviews about it, and so I'm thoroughly excited. I'm hoping it's going to come. I mean, if I have to go to New York City to see it, I'm going to, but I definitely want to check it out if and when it comes out. And I have, prior to Another recording, I, I did research <laughs> it, but I have found nothing yet to say when or where it's coming. So there's there's no like schedule out yet, but... Yeah, look, as soon as I hear something, I will put it out on the socials because I'm going to be one of the first in line to see it wherever I can and whenever I can because it's got to, you know, got to see it. Got to see it. You know, it may be the only TV show we get. Just kidding. (laughs) Any who. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Well, now dive into some real Tarantino tidbits. This past week, Tarantino alum, Miss Carrie Washington, released her memoir entitled Thicker Than Water. In it, she talks about her experience filming Django Unchained. Now, according to Miss Washington, two graphic scenes involving her character Broomhilda were cut from the movie and, in fact, were never filmed. One being a brutal rape scene and the other a scene of her running nude through a town after the aforementioned incident. Now, she couldn't confirm this for sure, but she saw Tarantino and Jamie Foxx talking privately before the rape scene was to be filmed. And after their conversation, the scenes were cut. So, QT was criticized for not having more scenes in this film with her. So, Mr. Hannon, what do you make of this news that two graphic scenes were completely left, not cut out, but unfilmed? Well, the thing is, I kind of feel like there's no way that was going to happen because she was in a hot box. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm wondering if these scenes were scenes where 
we kind of get a, a maybe when he's talking about her and what a, make her a comfort yes. girl or whatever when they're talking about going to find Brimhilde, if there's not like some kind of flashback that we would have gotten to those scenes of her. Now in in the article, it, it also said that she was she had reservations about it. Mm, well, she, she she did not want to do it because yeah. it's, I, I mean it's a if, tough scene. I, I can only imagine. Yeah. I, I wonder if there was some feeling about it if that they both knew or felt that she might be uncomfortable based on either working with her throughout the film or for them if it went down like she said that they were gonna film it and then they they had this interaction it was like we're going home sometimes you can perceive Mm -hmm. sometimes if you have that compassion in your heart you can perceive somebody being nervous well i think also jamie fox played a big role in this i think jamie fox pulled qt aside and explained why this moment is not necessary for her character and is not necessary for the movie, considering the other things in it. Because, and we're going to discuss in a second. But remembering that they also cut severely yeah. the D'Artagnan being ripped apart by dog scene, yeah. which I, which was filmed and is much more brutal than um, is shown. Which, thankfully, you know, I don't think we need to see no. more than we see. You know, give Jamie Foxx a lot of credit for on his first film with Tarantino having the confidence that he can go over there and have this yes. conversation with Tarantino and then give him credit, Mr. Tarantino, that is, for being able to listen to a person's perspective, why, exactly. why something's not going to be good, and to not just say we're not going to film it, but this will never, this yeah. won't even exist. Forget filming it and cutting it. We're not even going to do it. It's just fucking gone. You know what I mean? Because from all we know about Tarantino, he's kind of a stickler for his, he for his script. He sticks to his guns. He, belie- he, he has does. a vision and he sticks to it. He doesn't sacrifice things. And as we've talked to uh, through the season about, you know, uh, the influences, we've kind of talked a lot about the exploitation movies that we've seen and there's been some ones on Pam Greer and stuff and some of the stuff that happens in these. The fact that he didn't turn Django into more of an exploitation film than it was yeah. and not showing women doing this because he had one rape scene for a female and that was obviously the bride but we never see it yeah. and then when yes. there's an almost attempt for it she fucks some motherfuckers up yeah. so we don't really get rape and the only person who's really been shown raped is actually unfortunately Marcellus Wallace for that poor bastard yes. and so it was a man so you know we know that there's some bad things that have been perpetrated in his films but I think removing that scene may have kept his credibility and i mean i don't know if that movie's as because it's his not only is it his number one box office success it's also the highest grossing western ever wow that's yeah a lot of people don't know that either it's the highest grossing western ever so yeah i just i wonder if this rape scene that's if it's in there how much that actually hurts the rewatchability of it and people going back to see it. And if it gives credence to people who say he's just a, he loves gratuitous violence and is a violent town. Yes, so. that's true. That's another good yeah. point there. I agree with you. And, and, and I like that point of view that Jimmy Fox did have something to do with it. She, she felt that way too, because she said that he might've said something and that maybe Tarantino, you know, had a change of heart or she worded it differently. But um, there's been times in my life that somebody has said to me that they notice my behavior and I thought that I wasn't showing it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if also that's my first, my take on it was that apart from them having that conversation, which is where the credit is given to them, it's also what if Jamie noticed something in her behavior in the day of shooting, like her, because maybe... She didn't say that she voiced anything, so maybe she was willing to try. And her mm-hmm. prayers, like she said, my prayers were answered, was that she was like, I hope they decide not to do it just because, yeah. you know. But maybe she did show something that they were like, man, she, she looked pretty nervous about this, yeah. you know, and they had a conversation. You know? Well, 
As I discussed in season one on the Django episode, the violence that's perpetrated on the white characters in the film is done with somewhat of a comedic and over-the-topness to it. Yeah. It's wild blood, you know, say goodbye to Miss <laughs> Miss Laura, and he shoots her through the doorway. Yeah. Like, they're the villains, and it's gratuitous, and it's fun. It's like in Glorious Bastards when they're up in the balcony, and they're shooting up fucking Hitler, and you're just kind of like, yeah. 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 But all the violence that's perpetrated on the black characters is like really intense and it kind of illustrates the true horror of the american slave experience and like you know the mendingo fight is fucking brutal and then d'artagnan and even her being in the hot box and then what they're about to do to Django and clip his nuts and all these things are terrible there's nothing comedic there's nothing over the top about it doesn't look exaggerated at all no no it's haunting you know because like you can enjoy some of it but sometimes you're like holy shit which is like why i even been mad at uh at the end of the film where fucking schultz ends up leaving them in the den of wolves because he just can't shake a motherfucker's hand you know mm. what I mean? you know so yeah. i wonder if part of it is is that you know we've shown some really brutal stuff and and the subject you're talking about is brutal but do we need to see what what's what would be the advantage of seeing her being raped maybe yeah. running through naked you kind of go you know, like that's almost more horrifying than the rape but the rape i don't know how the rape scene and being a brutal like it would be hard to swallow and also uh, as far as that they did show her in the hot box, you know. She was, yes, but then she's like, I guess she's supposed to run. But so even if, even if it was one of the things where you showed her running and it was naked, you know, maybe you would need that scene for context, or whatever. Knowing what we know about the film and how it, how you know what the violence is like, you know, and how you know one minute you're like joyful because of how exciting and funny some of the stuff is, and then other moments you're just like it, the horror of it is just yeah. almost unimaginable. I'm in agreement with Mr. Fox. I don't think we needed to see it. And while it may have taken screen time away from Kerry Washington, she was phenomenal in the screen time she had. Yes. And I think that with this new knowledge, hopefully people who have been naysayers about, well, he didn't give her enough time. Hopefully now with this new information, they'll see like, you know what? She doesn't have more screen time because he had the wherewithal to listen to people who knew what that would do to the psyche of their own their, their own people and the ancestry that it's representing and said, you know what? This may be a step too far for me, you yes. know? So, and he said, you know what? I, I, you're right. I'm going to, we don't need to see this. And I don't think the, the film is not missing it. It's not lacking because of it, in my opinion. So I'm glad for, for Jamie Foxx to, yeah. to have stepped up and stepped in and whatever, whatever was the conversation. I'm, I'm glad that also Tarantino had the wherewithal to listen yes. and not be like, we're doing this my way kind of thing. You know, like some directors would be, you do yeah. it my way, get the fuck out kind of thing. And I'm glad that he was like, you know yeah, what? Right, right. Hard-headed, yeah. doesn't make this, this doesn't, it's not going to make the film better. This is going to be, this is what it needs to be. And, and I think us Tarantino fans to speak on the screen time thing, we know that how long somebody on the screen has nothing to do with the power of their characters or their performance either. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Especially Tarantino's always been like that. You yes. have somebody there for like two, three minutes and like, oh, Damn, you know my favorite character like yeah. damn bro All right. and aren't we supposed to be mysterious about Broomhilda exactly. shouldn't we kind of be like we want to know more we want to get to yes. you know what I mean and I feel like that's that's part of the writing the, I, the writing gives power to these characters because she's part of the whole film even if she's not on screen the whole film she's yes. part of the whole film just like Bill in, in, in volume one Hello. Exactly. We see his hands and his voice like twice. Yeah. And we he wouldn't yeah. even see him. But but everyone's fucking afraid of him. Marcellus Wallace. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So all you QT naysayers, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. You know what you're talking about. You just don't. I'm sorry. 
There is there is a plan. He's not being a fucking piece of shit and leaving women out, just like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We don't get a lot of her because he wanted to leave us with an impression of yes. her being this angelic person, which is why he also didn't have her murdered in yes. the film. So sometimes just let the man do what he does. Just let the man do what he does. Feel free to talk shit about him changing shit and announcing things and not doing anything about it. I'm on board with you. Come on down. The, the church is always open for a little shit-talking hey. session and all the things he's promised and not delivered. But the stuff he's delivered, for the most part, has been pretty fucking spectacular. And we've been in very good hands for nine films. So just let the man do what he does. And maybe maybe give him a little credit for, for having the, the hubris and humbleness to listen to someone else to tell him... Yeah. Don't do this for your film. And him to be like, you know what? You're absolutely 100% right. Fuck it. We're not doing this. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe every once in a while, I'll give the man a little credit. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he, you know, he has a thing. A little bit. A little bit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to dive in for the juicy bits that I know Frank came here for. And that anyone who knows about what's coming down the road is here for. And that is, according to the world of real. Now, I will preface this, that I have been told by a couple people to take some of the stuff that they say with a grain of salt. So we will, but it is information that has not been confirmed nor denied by the parties involved. So, until it is, we're going to speculate. And when it's confirmed or denied, we'll speculate more. The world of real has rumored that Tarantino has offered the lead role in his upcoming TV series, Turned Final Film, the movie critic to Paul Walter Hauser. Now, Hauser is truly a fantastic actor who made a name for himself with roles in I, Tanya, Black Klansman, Richard Jewell, Cobra Kai, and most recently, Blackbird, which he won a Golden Globe for. With yeah. this rumored announcement, it was also revealed that the character he's set to play is named Jim Sheldon, a movie critic for a 1970s porno rag. Now, Jim Sheldon is also the pseudo name that Tarantino writes reviews under on the New Beverly website. Mr. Sheldon was also a real-life movie critic for a porno rag in the 70s and and the character seems to be a mismatch of him and another porno rag film critic named William Margold. Now, at the time of this recording, Hauser, as I said, has not been confirmed by any official sources that he has been offered the role. So, Mr. Hannon, are you familiar with Mr. Hauser's work? Do you like him for the lead in the upcoming film? Or were you hoping for someone else to be offered it to? All right. So, basic a motherfucking lead. Um, yes, I do like his work. I first saw him in Itania, and I thought, yo, fucking loved it. I haven't seen all his work, but I also saw him in Blackbird, and I, I enjoy his stuff. The question about was I hoping for somebody else? I don't even know who the fuck to hope for, because with Tarantino, I feel like there's no one main character. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know, whenever yeah. I see a film, yeah, when I see a film of his, I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm not looking for a main character. I'm just, like, looking for all the characters, because sometimes... It is the quote-unquote villain or the bad guy that I'm, like, fascinated with. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by so many different characters. There's not one. There's no... I feel like there's no... It's really... There's a protagonist for me. I'm, I'm, of course yeah. there is. I'm just saying in general. So I wasn't hoping for somebody. I was just hoping for, you know, uh, some of my beloved yeah. actors that he's worked with to be there. You might be jumping the gun, but like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, not that I was saying, like, oh, I, I want this guy to be the star... Because he wasn't in the other films. I just want them to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to be clear, didn't know who to expect uh, to, to expect as a protagonist or, or a lead. I had no expectation of that. I am familiar with his, with his work. And I'm glad if it's true, I will be glad. Because I feel like, honestly, Tarantino could have chosen somebody that I never heard of. And I'd still be like, let's see yeah. what's up. Well, I'm kind of hoping now that he is... 
if you get a chance to look at him, the way he looks, and this is not a disrespect to him, but he does have a certain look to him that yeah. would say 1970s porno rag writer. <laughs> Just does. He was excellent in the movie uh, Richard Jewell. He was phenomenal in that film. He was excellent in Black Klansman. He was funnier than shit in Itania. He was gr- he's funny as shit in uh, Cobra Kai, and he's unbelievable in Blackbird. He has amazing range. Now, yes. that being said, being that kind of actor who's got range that's now going to work with Tarantino, I mean, look, I don't want to come out early, but, I mean, that seems like there could be a chance, depending on what the role requires in the writing. Oscar nomination, yes. He's not Christoph Waltz, but I feel he has a Christoph Waltz type of ability in his acting. Mm, Okay. Uh, Tarantino is not going to have to pull the performance out. Tarantino's going to be able to shape and mine a performance out of him. He's going to have, they're going to have ideas, and he's going to bring stuff to the table. I think he's going to be spectacular in the film. Of course, we have no idea what's going to happen. Until we see that fucking first reel pop up, and it says, Tarantino's last, I hope he doesn't do that. He better just go, the 10th film from Tarantino. Don't fuck yourself, buddy. Don't put the last film. Don't (laughs) fuck yourself that way. It's a warning from the church. Just helping you out. (laughs) Don't fucking hang yourself to that cross. Don't do it. Because when you do that, then you open yourself up for ridicule and people fucking saying shit. So just just say the 10th. Just say the 10th. And then maybe put in your will when you die, you can put last over if that's what ends up being. But don't fuck around. And you know, if he puts the 10th, all of us are going to be like, oh, shit. Oh, Again, shit. it'll leave it open. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So were you aware, because I wasn't, that Mr. Tarantino has been writing mini grindhouse reviews under a pseudonym on the fucking website? I, I mean, we should have known. And I will give him credit here. He's writing about older movies. He's not reviewing modern movies, which is probably a smart move by him to not have a pseudonym and write fucking harsh reviews over modern films. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right? So did you know he was doing this? No, man. Honestly, if um, as soon as I found out, if I wasn't doing this episode, I would have been all up in your DMs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. how long has he been doing this? A couple years now. God damn. I know. I didn't know about it until he recently got... So if you scroll down through it, through the mini ones, it'll say James Sheldon for quite a few. And then like the last two or three, it'll say Quentin Tarantino and James Sheldon. <laughs> Look, whatever, bro. It's your, it's, your, it's your fucking movie theater. You can do the fuck you want. But you, I mean, you're out. It's like when he got out, it's like, okay, I guess it's QT. And I'm like, come on. You're the same guy. Mm. That'd be like me saying... My real name, and then the reverence guy, Kay, like we're yeah. like, like I'm the Rock, and he don't want to get out of here. Dwayne right? Johnson, yeah, exactly. I'm the Rock. Oh, and Dwayne Johnson, it was starring <laughs> the Rock and Dwayne Johnson. Yes, yeah, like they put it that that together, they put it separate. Yeah, but that's pretty interesting, and I haven't read any yet, but I, I'll, I'll definitely check some of them out there. I believe it's kind of a little bit feels like the precursor, or maybe even his test audience. Kind of like he was doing a test to see how people would like it for him to write the book, Cinema Speculation. I feel like that was like his oh. area to kind of test the So you don't think waters. he had any connection to the film critic back then? No. Uh, well, no, no. He was... This had nothing to do with the critic. Yeah. No, he was... I think he was just doing this to get ready to write Cinema I think it was kind of like maybe him doing this on his own and then thinking about writing books. He, I think this kind of helped lead to Cinema Speculation. It was kind of like his his testing grounds to see... You know, to to work out his kinks as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, because you're writing small articles. You're not writing full chapters. So probably yeah. helped. And then he was like, oh, 
I'm going to turn these reviews. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the movies and how they affected me. And then I'm like a book out of them. And that's kind of exactly what he did. So good for you over there, huh? <laughs> Writing your books and your TV shows that don't come to light. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you motherfucker. You. Yeah, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited now about Mr. Hauser, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you did text me going, tell you from the church. I don't know if it's real. And I wanted to <laughs> confirm it for you so badly. <laughs> I did a lot of research. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, even today, I looked, all right, has anyone come out and said anything? <laughs> Nothing. You know, no, nothing's been said. So I, I think I've done that more than once when I said you. <laughs> some of my friends send me things, and I'm like, and be, you know, because of my experience when I actually went to Cinema Speculation Book thing a year, just a little under a year ago, and I put out stuff. Like, I was there, and people were like, no, we're waiting until someone of a major news source says it. So, in fairness, okay, cool, whatever, that's what you want to do. Go fuck yourself. Like Joe those, uh, but if you're going to do that, Joe Blow or whatever. Uh, yeah, there we go. However, <laughs> until someone like Variety or the big rags, as they say, say it, then I guess I'll wait. You know, Or Tarantino himself comes out and says it. I guess you know we'll just have to wait to see. You know who who's going to be announced. Fucking we'll just have to wait and see. Get out I know, here. but like you said, like because when you reached out to me, I was like, look, I, no one is confirming. However, no one's also denying. So there is that too. Even when I heard that he was going to make a movie first, until I heard him confirm it, which was one of the very first speculations we did back in March, I still was like, who knows? This could be this this could be bullshit. Until he actually finally said, yes, this is what's happening, then you run with it. So until I hear from the man's mouth, he could lie. We have known he's done that. <laughs> he could say something to change his mind. Yeah. But usually in the casting department, he doesn't. Usually he says this person's going to be in it, and usually they're, they're in it. So we shall see if Mr. Paul Hauser. I'm sorry, Paul Walter Hauser, because apparently there's another Paul Hauser out there, and we had to go with the middle name. We will find out if PWH <laughs> is actually in the movie Critic. <laughs> However, that does lead us to one of my favorite little rumors, and you kind of were alluding to it. It does seem only fitting that due to the recent writers and current actor strike, Tarantino's final film won't start filming until 2024, which... It's the 30th anniversary of the release of Pulp Fiction. Dun, dun, dun. The film that put him on the motherfucking map. If rumors are true, it seems he might be reuniting with three former Pulp Fiction cast members for this, his supposed final film. Now, earlier this spring, Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson, the man who was able to tell George Lucas, look, bitch, I want a purple <laughs> lightsaber. And yes. got it was asked if he had a role in Tarantino's final film, to which he just smiled and refused to answer. (laughs) This month, rumors started circulating that Tarantino was in secret talks with Mr. John Travolta about a role in the movie critic as well. And just a few months ago, Tarantino himself said that he wanted Bruce Willis to go out in style with his final role being a cameo in this his final film. So, Mr. Hannon, how fucking excited are you <laughs> that we might get to see three of the major stars from Pulp Fiction reunite for QT's last hurrah? Bro, that's, that's a movie boner, right? <laughs> the three of them. I mean, we're just missing Uma. Yeah. I mean, and then they say Uma and Vinger in it. It's like, all right, so this is this is Pulp Fiction prequel. I'm, I'm very I, excited. I knew Sam was going to be in it. I, I, Sam, I mean, that's almost like, I mean, you know Sam's in it. Sam doesn't have to say, if he's not in it, the whole Tarantino people are going to be like, this is the last one. You're not putting the man in the film. Like, you're 
your muse is not in this exactly. movie. So Sam feels right. Him then saying he wants to put Bruce in it, because also I do that. My side project with Mr. Steve Smith, we do for our Cheeky Bastard side project, we do Dropping a Bruce. It would be awesome that after 20, I think it's 8, 28 or 26 films direct-to-DVD in a row that Mr. Willis did, which the final one just dropped in 2023 called Assassin, that he would get, even though it's probably a very minimal, who knows what kind of role, a role, possible role, as his final role in a Tarantino film, which many people forget that he was also, he's been in two. Obviously, everyone knows about Pulp Fiction, but he also was a character in Four Rooms, the man from Hollywood yeah. uh, room, which was the fourth one that Tarantino directed. So yes. it was in two projects. So that would be amazing. And then bringing back Johnny T, the man yeah, who man. disappeared. Pulp Fiction launched, and the man has disappeared again. Johnny T, Mr. Travolta. Another another. another oh, Vincent fucking Vega. <laughs> fucking Jules Winfield and Butch all together on the screen? That would be sick, man. And and I'll oh. tell you, just to, the Bruce Willis alone. Just thinking of that, I know that I'm gonna cry if I see that. You know, I what? already know. Was I was waiting to see if you're gonna say it, but yeah, you have to see that movie three or four times because every time you see it originally, there's gonna be some some real fans are gonna applaud. Like when you see him, yeah. even if he's just there and doesn't say word, you're gonna be like, exactly. there he is. Even if it's not a speaking role, I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to honor him. Mm-hmm. And that it's gonna be like just a tribute that mm-hmm. that the the true people. But it'll be well written in. It won't just be like some yes. bullshit. Oh, there he is. He's handing out popcorn. You know what I mean? Like, yes, not, yes, you know what I mean? Yes. It's not gonna be a Stanley <laughs> cameo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be as long as it goes because Stanley had some good yeah, ones. I, Stanley had some well, good. No, ones. that's true. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying it's probably gonna be more more depth to yeah. it. I imagine. Yeah. You know, and I can't wait because I feel like. These characters, uh, these actors, Travolta, Samuel Jackson, Bruce, and anybody who returns. Like, I want Michael Madsen in there, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's there's just certain on, ones you've got to be. You know? I hope Walton Goggins comes back. But anyway. Let, but let, here's let, the funny thing. There was rumors that people thought, well, maybe Travolta, but to have the three of them? Exactly. As a Tarantino fan, I went back. I saw Reservoir Dogs and Fell in Love, but Pulp Fiction is my fucking movie. It was the movie that just changed everything about me. And that movie is so near and dear to my fucking heart. To have those three back? I mean, holy... It's that's just insane. It's unbelievable. No, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Especially if you're a Tarantino I, I, fan for a long time. And if it's going to yes. be the final farewell, you know, like, like you kind of want that fan service. That kind of like... But in a good way, you're just going to like, And Man. sadly, yeah. sadly, even if it's not the film farewell, it's going to be a farewell of sorts. Yeah. Of, no, exactly. of, of not, seeing, not seeing Bruce Willis again on yeah. film or something like that. Or all three of them on, on, yeah. on a film together, you know. And and what I wanted to say is is that uh, man, I feel like any of these actors come back, we don't know what kind of role they're gonna have. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tarantino has done so many things where, like, look what he did with De Niro and, and Jackie Brown. Yeah, you see an actor that you're used to seeing a certain way, and then he transformed them. Whatever he does to Al work Pacino with them. Al Pacino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, you see something that is like you see the baddest motherfucker on earth doing something different, and it's like what a powerful performance, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And so I feel like whatever we see, um, and I and it's I don't I know it's gonna sound like it's just because I'm a fan, but it's just the evidence is there. We've yeah. seen it. Yeah, you know, he, it's so, not going to be some chintzy role. Yeah. There's going to be something to it. And the great thing is, is, is you're going to start off, and you're not going to know. See, we're all going there wonder. But once the movie starts, that kind of slips to the back of your mind, and you're starting to watch the film. 
and it's like a two plus three, almost three hour epic. Well, like for instance, when you watch Django, since we were just talking about that, Samuel L. and Leonardo don't come to almost an hour and a half into the fucking film. You forget they're in the movie until you fucking see them. Like I forgot Sam was in it, so they rolled up on him. He comes walking out with that horseshoe baldness with the cane. And I was like, God, oh look. my God, where was he from? He, yeah. He had that old motherfucker frown. Like, yeah. I hate yes. that kind of shit. Yes. Now, which of those rumored roles of the three men we talked about are you most excited to see actually come to fruition? Let's just say one of them gets a role and the rest don't. Which of those three men do you really want to see actually in the film? Unfortunately, I have to give two answers. I hope you forgive me. That's Rick. all right. So because of the situation with Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. I would pick his, which is unfortunate because if it wasn't for that, it would be it would be Travolta because mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson has had so many chances. Yeah. I would like to see Travolta have another shot. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't make didn't get in more movies down the road exactly. with Tarantino. I heard that Tar- I don't know if this is true, but I've heard and I read, sorry, rather, I read that Travolta wasn't gonna do get shorty and it was Tarantino that convinced mm. him because that was an Elmore Leonard novel. Now, Be Cool, supposedly they fucked it up. Yeah, Be Cool's Elmore okay, Le- but no, but uh, El- Get Shorty, he's... Yo, Elmore Leonard, what I liked about him, he was super honest about how bad his adaptations were. Mm-hmm. And he always said that the people that got it right was Get Shorty, Out of Sight, and Tarantino, that those were the ones that got it. My three favorites of his. No fucking Out of Sight is my friend. fucking... Yeah. It's not it's not that podcast, but boom. But the thing is, is that you see the, the yeah. influence. You see that there's characters that the bad characters, the people that are there for a little bit, they have something to say that you want to hear. That's Tarantino. Well, some you of know, the great things about those three, a lot of Tarantino alums in those movies. Obviously, Jackie Brown, but yeah. if you look at it, we got, we got the George Clooney. He's yeah. in Out of Sight. You got Ving Rhames. He's in Out of Sight. Hello? Sam Jackson makes a pop in. The great part is that the Michael Keaton... Pops into that movie as his character from Jackie Brown. Which I heard Tarantino had a lot to do with yeah. that, with, with him showing up in both, mm-hmm. because it was the whole copyright issue, and that he just wanted it to be able to be mm-hmm. done, and that yeah. he supposedly fought for that. So yeah. anyway, get shorty, uh, again, I'm like, damn, man, like, yo, Tarantino's looking out for you, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> That actually would be a fantastic triple bill, watching Jackie Brown get shorty and out of sight. Those are three good movies. Three fantastic movies. You open with Get Shorty, middle hits with Jackie Brown, you finish with out of sight. That's my feeling. And and, and the crazy thing is that they were all shot differently. Yes, but they feel similar. There's a connective tissue in there, for sure. And if you look at a lot of uh, Elmore Leonard's work, sorry, just to end the Elmore Leonard talk, a lot of it is like... There's uh, some type of payoff. Who's going to get the money? And there's always two or three parties get interested. And then a fourth party. That's really a lot of it is, yep. is that once he started doing crime. Yeah. But I would say the most excited to, to you know, if, if this the whole thing wasn't happening with uh, Bruce Willis, you know, mm-hmm. which is just fucking sad. And, and that's why I kind of like don't really say what it is. Travolta. And it's yeah. only because like. Honestly, my favorite that I feel has to happen is Samuel Jackson. Yeah, that almost feels like a, a, a slight if he's not. Yeah, so exactly. So it's blasphemy. If it, he's yeah, not. 100%. I'm only picking those two because yeah. I feel like they, I feel like they would deserve it, if that makes sense. Even if Bruce didn't have the aphasia, if he was still in his full capacities, I would love to see him would have been in the film anyways. That would have been a great... Well, Bruce Willis would like you more for that comment. He'll be like, oh, just because yeah. I'm sick, you fuck. No, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, I get why he wants to do it. He wants to give him that going out yeah. on his yeah. style. You have one last great film that actually got released in theaters. It's my yeah. film. You know what I mean? Kind of like where he was kind of reinvented. Because, you know, he had that great run in the late 80s, but he kind of fell off. Hudson Hawk kind of 
kind of knocked him down a bit, and he was just doing Die Hard. And yeah. him being Butch gave him another level of people to see him as more than just the action hero, you know? So even if he was within his mental capacities, it would have been great to see Bruce back for one more. And, of course, John. Yeah. Travolta's amazing in Pulp Fiction. Amazing. We have no idea what they're going to look like in the film because the transformation. Because they're not going to look like their characters from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so. Can I, I, I wanted to ask if I could, because uh, remember how I mm-hmm. said that when I listened to the episode, sometimes I, I want to, like, talk back because of other... <laughs> So you made a question on, on the 30th anniversary that I wanted to know if I could bring up. For which one? From True Romance? True Romance, yeah. Go right ahead. Wait, because you were in the 20th of Kill Bill. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was on Kill Bill, yeah. Uh, so the question was so fun because that's the thing. That's why I like the questions you make. It's like, <laughs> man, it's like, I feel like if I wish I had people in my life, like my immediate life, that were fans the way that we all are. <laughs> yes. Like nobody else is I know. in my personal I know. life. So uh, the question was if Tarantino had directed the film. Yes. So my uh, my take on it was that I feel like the only way it could have been better was if True Romance by Tony Scott didn't exist. Yeah, Because I know. if I saw True Romance by Tony Scott first, I'm going to have an attachment to it or I'm going to be comparing. Yeah. Yet if it didn't exist, I think that's the only way that maybe it could be better because in an alternate mm-hmm. place, then it's like, yeah, maybe I can recognize why it actually is better. So if it is better... But Tony Scott's version exists. I don't know yeah. if we'll be able to truly appreciate it because Tony Scott, what he did with that film, look, when I hear you guys talk about it on the anniversary, I'm like, man, this film is one of your favorites. Yeah. Tony Scott, as Ryan said on the episode, the question should have been if Tarantino's not going to direct it, who should direct it? And he's right. Yeah. Tony Scott should direct yeah. it. The right guy, I think, actually direct the movie. I know that's kind of blasphemous, but at the time, that film requires what Tony Scott gave it. It just plays better. Out of sequence, wouldn't have played as well. I just, it just wouldn't have played as well. Uh, and I, I think, I think, I think he it, put yeah. it. I think he had the right spin on it for the movie that it was. I think he had it right. You're right, though. It, it, it would have to have a movie that Tony Scott never did. Like we'd have to go to yeah. a parallel universe where where our minds were wiped. We of. didn't know that Tony Scott even made the film. That's what I could think of. And and the funny thing is that I only thought about that listening to you guys speak on it because before I used to think, eh, I, I think it would. Man, Tarantino directing that would have been, you know, like, (laughs) I just think about it differently until I heard the episode. And, you know, I've heard more more than one True Romance episode. But just hearing everything about it, I'm like, nah, man, I'm fucking nuts. No, I I don't even know if I would have liked it better. (laughs) It's the chicken or the egg. We already know what came first. Tony Scott's came first. Can't go back. Real talk. Yeah, we can't really go back. Real (laughs) talk. Yep. (laughs) Now, lastly, we will close out our fall episode with some church news. And now for some church business. As we steadily approach the end of 2023, and with it the end of Season 2, I would like to announce that for Season 3, we will be dedicating the entire season to celebrating, analyzing, exploring, and discussing the most impactful film of the late 20th century. I'm, of course, talking about Pulp Fiction, as it celebrates its 30th anniversary. Now, each month on our main episode, we will be examining a different aspect of the film to bask in its brilliance, see how it impacted the trajectory of Tarantino's career, and the ripple effect it had on the world of filmmaking. God damn, Jimmy. This is some serious gourmet shit. For our exploratory second episode each month, we will focus our attention on one of the major characters from the film to examine and dissect their motives and unique personalities. I wouldn't go so far as to call a dog filthy, but they're definitely dirty. But dogs got personality. Personality goes Also in season three, we will be adding a new monthly episode co-hosted by Sean Wheeler entitled Inglorious Blue Balls, a look at a bastard's work 
that was left undone. This new endeavor will take an in-depth look at all of the promised but unfulfilled Tarantino projects that he has announced or spoken of over the past 30 plus years that continue to chafe my ass on a daily basis. Ha ha ha, you're closed, motherfucker. There will also be retrospective episodes on Natural Born Killers and Pulp Fiction as they celebrate their 30th anniversaries, as well as ones dedicated to Kill Bill Volume 2 and Inglorious Bastards as they celebrate their 20th and 15th anniversaries, respectively. Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. Those of you may also say, hey, isn't Once Upon a Time Turning 5? Yes, but that is still too young for us to retrospectively look back on it. you got to hit 10 to get one of them episodes. So that will be on hold for another five years. Hey, my name is Paul, and this is just between y'all. And of course, once every three months, we will continue to speculate on all the latest new developments and information surrounding the Tarantinoverse. More information will be released and surprises announced at later dates. We have Vincent. We happy? Yeah, we happy. Now, before we say goodbye, I would like to thank Mr. Hannon for taking time out of his day to drop by the church and help me speculate on all the latest Tarantino-verse rumblings. And that's a wrap on our fall episode of Tarantino Speculation. I would once again like to thank my special guest, Mr. Frank Hannon, co-host of the Bachata Talk podcast, for joining me. Now, you can find the links to the Bachata Talk podcast and the show's socials in our show notes. And as always, you can become a member of the Church of Tarantino by following us on all our socials. Those links can be found in our show notes as well. Now, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow this podcast so that you can stay up to date on our Tarantino Speculation series. New episodes drop quarterly or whenever major news from the Tarantinoverse that needs immediate speculating on is released. So please join me again this Friday as Mr. Hannah returns, this time for our monthly hymn of devotional, as we take a deep dive into the Django Unchained soundtrack. So until then, I'm the Reverend Scott K. May Tarantino be with you always. This has been a man with an exceptional beard production.